0: Hello, and welcome to the Witcher chapter by chapter book review, where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and then give my detailed thoughts on it. Today, I'll be discussing chapter five from Time of Contempt. So this chapter is a little bit of a cool off time from the previous chapter and all the chaos that took place there. Uh, We learn a lot, so this is a great chapter to get a good follow up on a lot of the things that happened in the last chapter, but it's definitely not as chaotic as the last one, which is nice because <laughs> as enjoyable as it was to read the last chapter, it is uh, definitely a good thing to be able to feel like we could take a breather from it. Like you don't want chaos after chaos. Well, maybe you do, but I, I, I appreciated that this was a more calm, uh, or all the uh, things that happened here were a lot more calm than the previous one. So speaking of the previous chapter, as always, I'll give you the recap on that. And then we'll go right into the summary of chapter five. So recap, Philippa and other North supporting mages initiated a coup on Thanda to catch the members of the Brotherhood who've been in cahoots with Nilfgaard. So Saya removes the magic blockade in Garstang Palace, leading to all hell breaking loose when Kahir, Ryans, and Sequoyatel attack the opposing side. After being brought to Garstang by Yennefer, Ciri needs to make a run for it. She manages to wound Cahir and escape into Torilara. lara Vigil forts, in pursuit of Ciri, beats Geralt, who's trying to protect Ciri, and then Tessiah helps Triss portal a gravely wounded Geralt to Broccolon. All right, here's the summary of Chapter 5. Dandelion miraculously makes his way into Broccolon Forest to find Geralt. He updates his friend on the fallout of Adern and Lyria's aggression against Nilfgaard and Dallangra and the Thanedd coup. Nilfgaard invaded Adern and Lyria, capturing major cities, killing many civilians, forcing people into slavery, and leaving scorched earth behind while all of the northern rulers left the countries to their fate. Faltest of Tamaria agreed to a truce with Nilfgaard, Hensold of Caedwin agreed to a treacherous division of the spoils from Adern's defeat, and Redania was left in disarray after the assassination of Vizimir. Some of the Brotherhood are now in Redania, or the neutral countries of Kovir and Hengfors. Vigalfors hasn't turned up since the events on Thaned, but Francesca is now the queen of the free elves in Dolblathana, which was given to them by Emperor Amir. Sadly, it seems like Tosai's decisions during the coup weighed too heavily on her conscience, and she therefore committed suicide. Now that Geralt is mostly recovered from his fight with Vigelfortz, he and Dandelion decide to set off in search of Ciri, who is reportedly in the hands of Nilfgaard. Codringer and Fenn's killers kidnapped the decoy Ciri and handed her over to Amir, and now the Emperor is is proclaiming to the world that he has the real Ciri and will possibly be marrying her. The real Ciri's whereabouts, and even Yennefer's, are unfortunately still unknown. Well, we made it back to Broccolon, haven't been there since the Sword of Destiny book, Sword of Destiny short story. Dandelion, he's able to get in there uh, without getting shot. If you remember, you can't go into Broccolon. And it's, I, I said in the summer, he miraculously gets in there. It's actually a really big deal. So he does that without getting shot because he is singing and playing his lute as he is getting closer to entering and the dryads really like music and they're going to, if they like music, they're going to like the end line because he is a very talented, I mean, say what you will about him. I know, uh, Geralt gives him a hard time <laughs> a lot, but I don't think anybody would deny that he's a very talented musician. He's very famous for his musical talent. So he's able to get in that way. Uh, honestly, it seems <laughs> kind of easy, but Uh, I won't touch on that too much. But like last time, they're not exactly thrilled to have Geralt there. There's actually a point where Dandelion says the Dryads tolerate Geralt, and Geralt cuts him off to say, you've chosen the right word. But that was interesting to me because I thought about how Triss was able to portal Geralt in there. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, Tessaya probably was the one that created the portal. But still, I think Triss went with Geralt. So... I mean, they, they probably didn't like it. I mean, they obviously were okay with it because Geralt's still alive, Triss is still alive, but I think I, I just thought it was a little bit strange that they didn't get shot immediately upon entering. I'm if they don't like people getting close to the forest, I can imagine that they'd probably get pretty upset if somebody were to just magically portal into there. But I don't know, they might even be also familiar with Triss. For all we know, it wouldn't really be that big of a shock if they were because she's kind of a prominent sorceress, you know, she was an advisor to a king. So it, it, it's possible she she knew them too. But and she had been there before. But still, I just thought that it was a little bit weird. And maybe that's why we weren't present for that scene when Triss and Gerald arrive in Broccalon because they maybe the author didn't want to flesh out how it was okay for him to do that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Dandelion gives Gerald updates on the state of the world now that the war is kicked off. And as he tells the story, we actually get some up-close examples from very minor characters. So what happens is... The scenes are of uh, the scenes of Geralt and Dandelion. They're they're in the forest, and then it will cut to this example, this minor character, and then it cuts back to Geralt and Dandelion. So I just wanted to make sure I explained that at first in case you didn't read the chapter. But I I wanted to make sure I explained that um, up front before I start going into these individual scenes that we see. So the first one that we cut to is this Nilfgaardian, Chamberlain. He is also a chief bailiff. His name's Peter Everston. And we see him after the battle for Aldersburg, where Nilfgaard severely defeated Adern and Lyria. So this guy, Peter Everston, is telling his subordinates these new orders. The previous orders were war to the castles, peace to the villages. So they're just going after the military. They're going after the... Uh, The higher-up people, they're leaving the civilians alone. But now, the new orders is from tomorrow on. It's war to everything alive and everything that can burn. But they also want them to take all the resources they can before doing so. Because they think in war, that's something that's probably uh, necessary to have as many resources as you can get. So, uh, that is a pretty big deal. They are now just killing civilians. It is very horrendous. And what we see next is Nilfgaard. They laid siege to Vengerberg, which is Adern's capital, and the city fell. They killed everyone. And once word about this got out, the rest of Adrian's civilians began to flee to Tamaria and Redania so they could escape and not be slaughtered by the Nilfgaardian military. But many of these Fugitives were pursued by Nilfgaardian troops so that they could be taken as slaves. So Adern's army ran away. They were so badly defeated, they just took off. And then there was nobody left to protect the fugitives, except for this very small group led by this woman called Black Rayla. We actually have met this character before in Chapter 2 uh, in the bathhouse at the inn uh, with Yen, Margarita, Tosia, and Siri. And she was actually doing some mission for Tessah. She was there to give tosaya an update on whatever that mission was. never learned what that was. I don't think we will now because Tosiah is dead doesn't look like uh, Blacklight Bla- yeah doesn't look like Black Rayla met a very good fate either. So she and her unit are trying to delay the Nilf Guardians from catching up with the fl- uh, with the fleeing civilians and it ends up turning out to actually be Sskoyatel leading the way. So they have to fight the squaytel, And they do manage to haul them off for a little bit, but I don't know exactly how successful they were in keeping them from getting to the civilians. Uh, we don't actually get an update there. I mean, I think Nilfgaard did take a decent amount of slaves, but I don't know if it was uh, the ones that were only a little bit ahead of this group. But uh, Black Rayla's, uh unit... They all get killed. It seems like Black Rayla got killed herself too, but the scene cuts away before we get to find out exactly what happens to her. So it cuts away, goes back to Geralt and Dandelion, and Geralt is asking why Temeria, one of Aedirn's allies, didn't come to their aid. And this is because a Nilfgaardian envoy, so this actually cuts to uh, the castle, the palace, in Vizima. King Foltest is meeting with this Nilfgaardian envoy. And they agreed to sign a truce, which is seen as very contemptible. Uh, Tamaria's now, neutrality is contemptible. So it looked like they no longer have a chance at defeating Nilfgaard. So Amir offers to leave Temeria in peace if they agree not to help Adern. Adern looked like it was already a lost cause because King Erevel of Verden swore fealty to Nilfgaard. And now Verden is a Nilfgaardian province, so Temeria can no longer rely on Verden's strongholds to protect their flank anymore. So from Faltest's perspective, if they were to go help out Adern, there was a good chance that they were going to get defeated too, because they didn't have the strongholds in Verden anymore. But I honestly think, and there's no way that we'll ever know because it didn't happen this way, but I do honestly think that Amir sent this envoy to try to get this neutrality out of full test because I think there was actually a good chance that if, even with the whole thing with Veridin and sworeing fealty to Nulfgaard, I think there was a good chance that Tamaria joining with Adern could have defeated Nulfgaard. But like I said, we'll never know because it didn't happen that way. Uh, Really quick, before uh, I move on to the next section of the chapter, Uh, there was this, in this scene in Vizima, there was this duke there, his name is Herward, and the White Rose Knights who tried to drive Geralt out of Elendor in The Last Wish, in the book, in those um, voice of reason sections of the chapters, they were in service of this this duke, this duke Herward, and it's funny because they were actually referring to him as a prince. And Neneke was like, no, he's not a prince. He's a duke. Like, No, I'm going to call him duke. And it looks like all these years later, that title didn't end up sticking with the title of prince. So he, he's being referred to as a duke when they were kind of adamant about referring to him as a prince. just thought that was funny. It was just, I, I really like um, when he adds in, like, these little things, like, uh, it's, I don't even know if you're supposed to take this out of it, like, oh yeah, he's not being referred to as a prince, but I like that these, these very small characters get reintroduced in later books in such small ways like it's a very insignificant thing but it's still like if you catch it it's just kind of I don't know it's kind of cool in that moment so I always like to point that out I think I've even mentioned this before or I've explained why I pointed out before so sorry if I sound like a broken record but uh you're probably going to hear me pointing these things out again um in upcoming chapters because uh I mean I'm not going to give any spoilers here I'm not going to i tell you any of the characters that we do see again that you wouldn't have expected to see again because they're so insignificant. But it does happen, so I'll probably point that out when it comes up. Moving on. When Geralt asks Dandelion about Cadewin, uh, why didn't Caden, or Cadewin help um, Adern? We see what unfolds from the perspective of these Cadewini soldiers receiving their orders. So they've been waiting around to find out what's going to happen. When are they going to war? When are they going to help out Aedirn and Lyria and try to defeat Nilfgaard? But they get these orders that they are not to engage the Nilfgaardian soldiers as they cross into Aedirn because Cadewyn and Nilfgaard made a pact that they're going to leave each other in peace. They're going to leave each other alone. Cadewyn is not going to help their allies. And in exchange... They're going to give back, I say back because a long time ago, Kedwen had this territory. They're going to give back Loremark to Kedwen, which was up until now, part of Adern. I think I just said that wrong. (laughs) Let me try that again. They're giving, Nilfgaard is going to give Loremark, which up till now was a part of Adern. They're going to give it to Kedwin. A long, long time ago, it was a part of Kedwen. So Hensel did this thing that everybody is seeing as extremely despicable, very treacherous. He is agreeing to this piece with Nilfgaard just so that he can get some of the spoils of their defeat. And it is. It's is—it's—it's really messed up. And he's going to go down in history known as this treacherous, despicable king. So, I mean, that's... Uh, he did it to himself. You can't, you can't feel bad for the man. But that is a how we find out what happened with the allies of um, Adern and Lyria? why they didn't help out. And also Redani, I mentioned this in the summary, they're just in super, uh, they're just very disorganized. It's, I think it's just very chaotic in that country right now because their king, King Visimir, was assassinated. Uh, didn't get any updates on that, though. I don't know who it was. I mean, I'm sure it was somebody working for Nilfgaard. It would be... Uh, pretty odd if it was anybody else but yeah Uh, they don't have a king at the moment and we're not given any up-close examples of anything that's going on there but we do know that Dijkstra is being carried around in like a big chair because his (laughs) ankle got snapped by Geralt in the last chapter so uh that sucks for Dijkstra but I don't feel bad for him Alright, well, Geralt then asked Dandelion about the sorcerers. So we got the updates on the countries. Now we're getting to see what happened with the sorcerers. We only really see uh, one sorceress, but um, we do hear a little bit about some of the other ones. So we find out about Francesca Findabair. We see her up close. She has become a queen and in the scene that cuts to her, she's speaking with Philip Andrel, who we of course met in the Edge of the World story. And Philivandra wants her to expand their borders past Dolblathana, which was just given to them, but she refuses to try because she knows Amir isn't exactly a giving person, and it's honestly a really big deal that he gave them Dolblathana in the first place. And Philivandra also wants Francesca to retrieve some of the Scoyatel from the other countries so that they can come to Dolblathana and help protect their borders there, and also just to get them to stop fighting because they're dying. They're young elves. They can't have them dying out because the whole elven race is going to go extinct if they can't reproduce with these younger elves. And Francesca says that she agreed with the mirror to publicly condemn the squirrels, which isn't something she wanted to do. It's not something Francesca, or not Francesca, it's not something Filavandra wants to hear. But she did this because Test and Henselt agreed to let the free elves have Dolblathana as long as they do condemn the squirrels. She also says that Amir wants the squirrels to keep fighting in order to disrupt the northern kingdom's war preparations. So because these young elves are dying, it's really in their best interest to stop fighting, to put an end to everything that they've been doing with the whole, you know, the whole Scoia'tael movement. But it probably isn't going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. And you're hearing that they should do it from Filavandrel, who's very old, who's very wise. And if you hear it from him, then it's probably, I'm, like, I am I'm, I, I'm willing to believe that that is what is in their best interest. But unfortunately, it's not looking good for them. It's not looking good for a lot of people <laughs> right now. <laughs> Except for Emperor Amir. Uh, let's talk about that. So we are brought back to, from the Francesca scene, we're brought back to Broccalon with Dandelion and Geralt. And there are these Scoia'tael fugitives that are arriving in Broccalon. Geralt goes and talks to them. We don't get to witness what is said in that conversation, but it seems like they updated him on the news that Ciri is in Nilfgaard. So Dandelion has heard this too before he got to Broccalon. And Geralt decides he's got to leave and he's got to go and try and save her. Dandelion decides he's going to join his friend. And he's going to tell him along the way the details of what he has heard about Ciri in Nilfgaard. So we learn at the very end of the chapter that the Ciri that is there, Nilfgaard is a decoy. And nobody past Amir and other Nilfgaardian higher-ups, probably just no more than the two guys that were present. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I don't think anybody else knows. So Geralt is going to try to save Ciri, and it's not even the real one. For all we know, he could be heading in the complete opposite direction. I know Nilfgaard's really far south and Thaned is somewhere near the, or within like the northern countries, I don't know exactly which country, but um, she might still be somewhere not that far from Thaned. But we don't know. We don't know anything about where Ciri is. She could just be dead. Hopefully not. But that's a possibility. Anyway, Geralt could be going to Nilfgaard and she could not be there and he's wasting a lot of time trying to get there. But anyway. We don't get to see any more of Geralt and Dandelion in the chapter before it or after it cuts to Loch Grimm, Amir's summer palace. And in this scene, Amir gets announced into the throne room. And then that's followed by the fake Siri being announced into the throne room. And he declares in front of everyone that he will return her royal titles to her, that she will be safe in Nilfgaard, and that he's endowing her with the title of Duchess of Rowan and he's going to send her to temporarily live in the castle of darn rowan and darn rowan is very very far away so he's doing this so that he doesn't have to see her he doesn't have to court her and speaking of courting her just wanted to say really quickly and this might not even be that important but he never mentions that he's planning to marry her this is just said by the nobles who were present in the throne room, and they're talking about it before Amir enters. So it's kind of just them theorizing. But they honestly are probably correct since Amir sent away his mistress. He had this woman that was supposed to be very beautiful that he was having this affair with for years. He sent her away, and it would be in his ad- advantage, politically speaking, if he married Siri. So yeah, he's got this fake Siri uh, at this point in the chapter we don't know that, but because we do know that by the chapter by the time the chapter is over, something that I was wondering is what does Amir think he's going to do if the real Siri does turn up? Like let's say Redania or Cadewin gets a hold of the real Siri. I don't know what his backup plan would be there. But then again when you think about it, This isn't a world where they have technology, like there's no TV, there's no internet. I don't really know how they could prove that the Siri they have is real, like if that were to happen. But it could really just be, you know, his word against theirs. He could say, oh, the the Siri they have is an imposter. (laughs) The one I have is the real Siri. I don't know. But that was uh, one thing that I came out of this chapter not totally sure on what he would be doing. There's a few other things. I'm going to talk about them here in a minute, but yeah, that one, I, I don't know. He's he's not a dumb man. You can say what you want about Amir, but he's definitely smart and strategic, so he's got to have some backup plan, but he doesn't share it with us, so we don't know. <laughs> so later, Amir meets privately with the chief of military intelligence, Vatier de Rideau, and this coroner Stefan Skellen, who's also known as Al, and an astrologer Zarthesius. So Amir orders Zarthesius to look for the real Siri, never saying exactly who it is that he wants him to find, but we know that it's the real Siri he wants him to locate. And to help with finding her, he tells this astrologer that he will provide him with her hair. How in the world does he have some of Ciri's hair? I I don't even know what else to say about that, just how? (laughs) So he sends the astrologer, Zarthesius, he sends him away. And then he orders Vatir to arrest and torture Ryans and Cahir. So Ryans and Cahir, I did say this about Cahir, but Ryans is now included in this too. Uh, They're in the doghouse. They are not going to meet a very good fate if Nilfgaardians get their hands on them because they do have to actually find them first. Amir doesn't know where they are, but he's sending one of his top people to go locate them and then torture them. So you wouldn't want to be those guys right now, but, I mean, it's another person. I'm not going to show any sympathy for them. So he then orders Tawny Owl to find Viggelfortz's hideout and kill him. I don't know why he's so sure Vivalfort is alive if nobody's heard or seen him since then, ed I don't get that. But then Amir reveals, this is the very end of the chapter, he reveals that Siri has been, the Siri that he's been sent is an imposter. He knows it's not the real one. This is another thing I don't get. How does he know it's not the real one? I don't know how he knows that. He's a smart guy. I've said it. I just don't know how he could be so sure pretty strange. (laughs) All right, so I've got my closing thoughts here. Uh, First thing I wanted to talk about my closing thoughts was, uh, aside from having the real Siri, things seem to be working out really well for Amir, and things are going extremely poorly for the northern leaders. So aside from losing the war that they wanted to restart, they also, I mean, it's not true, but they are Believing that Amir has Siri, which was a huge priority for them to pre- prevent from happening. So, yeah, things are not going their way one bit. Uh, Vigal Forts and Siri, they are both missing. So, we got updates on <laughs> no updates uh, since what happened on Thanad. He followed her into that tower. And then the tower got destroyed. So they could both just be dead. A lot of people seem to believe that that's not the case. I mean, I know with Siri, a lot of people are just... They're, they're going to think that she's alive because there's this decoy Siri, But with Fords, why do they think he's still alive? Even when Dandelion mentions it to Geralt, it's just like, oh yeah, no one's seen from him. But nobody thinks that he would be dead when the tower that he went into got destroyed. I don't know. Also, thinking with Yen, maybe she followed them in there and... Uh, That's why she hasn't turned up yet. I'm not saying that that could be totally false. A lot of different things could have happened to Yen, but that was just one little thing that I thought of uh, was a possibility because nobody's heard from her. Don't know what's going on with Yen. Hopefully she's alive, just like we hope Siri is alive. You know what would be is if Siri and Yennefer are still alive and Biggelfort's died? (laughs) I don't think we'll be that lucky, though. Uh, yeah, last thing is that this war is fully in motion. It got kicked off in the last chapter. It's in full swing right now. I don't think Amir is going to stop with and Lyria, and Rivia. I think he's probably going to keep on going. He is supposed to uh, not get involved with Tamaria and Cadewin, but I would not put it past this man to try and try and invade those countries at some point soon. And then also Redania. He didn't seem to have signed any treaties or any truces with Redania. And they are in complete disarray right now with Vizimir's assassination. They don't have a king at the moment. So this would actually be the perfect time for them. If they wanted to invade Redania, I think it would be really easy for them at this moment. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find out about that in the next chapter. But... Yeah, we are back to, we got a lot of answers in this book, and now we're back to getting a lot more questions. There's just a lot of uncertainty at the moment, but hopefully we'll get at least a couple of answers in the next chapter. Well, that is all I have for you. Just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube with video, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts with just the audio. Thank you so much for joining, and I will catch you all in the next episode.